Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. turn your sorrow into dancing, amen? He's going to turn beauty from ashes. And anything that you're going through, He has got your back. So this morning, I just want you to worship God as we sing this song. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I search the Oh 
Well, good morning, church family. Hope you guys are here ready just to receive from the Lord. And worship's been so awesome. You can go ahead and make your way back to your seats as you're getting seated. If you just greet the people around you, show yourself friendly. A lot of people in your section there maybe you haven't met yet. It's a good opportunity to do that. So guests or visitors, thank you so much for being a part of our services today. Uh, whether you are here with us live or you're watching online, thank you so much for being a part of Fellowship Church. Now, if you are here uh, in the services and you are new, we'd love to have a record of you being here. Super, super easy. Either you can use your smartphone and uh, just text the word fellowship to 94000. You'll be brought over to a link that will get you some more information about the church. If you'd like to register in person, you can do so at the information counter. And if you do that, you'll get a free specialty drink for everybody in your party to our coffee shop just as a gift from us to you. If you are watching online, we'd love for you to register through your phone. Uh, like I said, just text the word fellowship to 94,000. Uh, we'd love to invite you to an upcoming guest reception, which we have one of those this morning in between services. Some of you are here uh, for that. So thank you so much. And uh, God is doing some really, really cool things here at Fellowship and so glad you're here and a part of it. Well, it is Veterans Day weekend. Don't want to go another step without thanking our veterans. Thank you so much. Uh, just doesn't matter what armed service you served in, you are a blessing to us. Many of you served during wartime. Many of you your, risked your lives for our freedom. I know some of you personally that served during wartime. And whether you served in wartime or not, we appreciate you. Fellowship Church always appreciates our veterans. So thank you so much, veterans. Also, uh, just want to make mention of something uh, that's just really, really awesome in our church. Uh, Janice Rich has been coming to Fellowship Church for years. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> in fact, I don't, remember, I don't remember a time when Janice wasn't in our church. And uh, long before the, the political world that she uh, went into, she was a, a county clerk for many years and then served in the House of Representatives. Uh, before that, she was serving here at Fellowship Church, and she's never stopped serving. She's married to a wonderful man, Steve, who also served in armed forces, served during Vietnam, and just a great family. And she was just elected to be our Colorado State Senator uh, last week. Yes. And, uh, and she won big time. It wasn't like one of those states where it's like, oh, they're still counting the votes. She just, she kicked a little tail is what she did. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Janice, for being a part of our church family. And thank you so much uh, for serving in the state the way that you do. You are, we need more Christians in government and we need more people fighting for our rights. Yes, and our freedoms and uh, ethical people, moral people that also their foundation is Jesus and the word of God. And that is definitely for uh, the case with Janice. So what I wanna do is I, as a church family, I want to just uh, pray over and thank uh, God for our veterans, but then I want to pray a special blessing upon her as she gets ready to serve us uh, in this next year. So, Lord, we come before you and thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to worship you. We thank you so much for those that have risked their lives and given their lives so that we can have the freedoms and liberties that we do. We never want to take that for granted. So thank you for them, and thank you for them. And I pray, Lord God, for every person in this room that served in the armed forces, Lord, you'd bless them. You would take care of them. You would meet their needs like only you can, according to your glorious riches. 
And then we want to lift up Janice to you, Lord God. She has got a, a, a road ahead of her as a, a leading in the way that she does. And a, a Lord, a challenges, Lord, things that are going to come against her. So, Lord, I pray that you're, you would go in front of her, that you would do warfare on her behalf. I pray in Jesus' name that uh, you would give her the words to say in every situation, that you would be a lamp unto her feet. Lord, I pray that as she faces challenges, that she would do so with you and that she would just have your perfect wisdom. She would follow your perfect will in, in everything that she does. Thank you, God, so much for how awesome you are and the way that you bless us like only you do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. morning, Fellowship Church. We are so excited that you're here with us. We're so glad that you joined us, whether you're here in person, in the room, or you're online. We are so grateful that you're here with us. We love doing life with you. If you would consider yourself to be new, or this is your first time, or you're a visitor or guest with us, we want to encourage you to stop by our information center out in the lobby if you're here in person. That'll get you connected with our guest services team. We have a specialty drink for you and everybody in your visiting party from our coffee shop. And if you're joining us online, maybe you're not ready to take that first step yet, go ahead and text FELLOWSHIP to 94000. It does the same thing. It gets you connected to one of our pastors. And we just want to talk with you about getting connected here at Fellowship. You have a place here and you have a home here and we want to help you find it. We're going to continue worshiping now with the giving of tithes and offerings. And, and first, before we do anything, I just want to say thank you, Fellowship Church. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for putting God's kingdom first in your lives. It, it helps us to, to put the mission of God forward. We have such a special community and culture of, of generosity and giving here. So thank you. And as you view the giving options here on the screen, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you and your finances and over the offering today. Lord God, we love you so much. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you died on the cross for us and that we get to put you first in our lives. God, I pray that if there's anybody here in the room struggling with putting you first in their lives, God, I pray that they would rise to the occasion. God, that they would put their faith in you, not only in their heart, but in their finances as well, in their time as well, and in their daily lives. God, I pray that you would bless everybody in this room, everybody who can hear my voice, whether in the room or online. God, that you would just meet them where they're at, bless them above and beyond. God, meet their needs financially, emotionally, and physically. God, we love you so much. We thank you for what it is that you're doing in our valley. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The online Bible study is back, and this time we're going to be studying the book of James. The whole goal of this study is to find the heart of Jesus in this scripture. So if you're interested in that, it's going to be on November 15th. That's the start date. It's going to start at 6.30 p.m. It's a five-week course, and if you're interested in that, you can find it on the Church Center app. On December 7th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to be hosting an event called Surviving the Holidays. Now, this is an event put on by Divorce Care. This is such an awesome curriculum. And as somebody who has walked this road myself, it is very difficult to survive the holidays. It's, it, there's so many nuanced layers of, of how to interact with family. Things are different now. And so I, I want to personally invite you to sign up for this if you're walking this road. If you're struggling with surviving the holidays, please check out this event. Check out this curriculum. It's $15 that gets you... Um, dinner, it gets you uh, the surviving the holiday survival guide, as well as a place to connect with people who understand what you're going through. You're not alone, and especially in this holiday season where it can feel lonely. Please don't isolate. Check out this event on the Church Center app. 
4640 Middle School Night, which is Wednesday nights, is looking for your help. We love pouring into the young people of our community. The, the mission statement of Fellowship Church is to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ and together grow in full devotion to him. And that includes our young people of the valley. That includes our middle school students. So if you have a passion, if you have a calling, if you feel like God is calling you to more, try Blue Team out. Come help us out. Hang out with middle school kids. It's a great way to get a burst of energy in the middle of the week. And it's a great way to further the kingdom of God. So if you're interested in volunteering with us on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m., check us out on the Church Center app. Well, church family, to keep up with what's going on here at Fellowship, visit our website at fellowshipgj.com events. That's where all of the things that are going on here at the church are located, as well as on the Church Center app. You can sign up for everything we've talked about this morning. You can find more information about what it is you're looking for, your next steps, and how to get involved here at Fellowship. Enjoy the message.
But we started a new series last week called Blind Spots. And in that series, we talked about the fact that we all can have blind spots. Things in our life that we can't see, that others can see, but that are detrimental to us. And so, you know, each and every one of us, at times in our life, can have those blind spots. Now, sometimes blind spots are our fault. We've done something dumb or made a poor choice, and as a result, it's caused us to, to have some things in our life that, that are they're detrimental that just, you know, we just aren't seeing, but others see it. And then there are those blind spots that aren't our fault. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We just kind of walked into it, and it's become a blind spot in our life. Now, you know that I love dogs. I'm an animal lover. I've talked, in fact, not too many weeks ago, I had talked about Earl, my next-door neighbor. Remember him, the, the bulldog? And, and I, I just love Earl. But I've got my own dogs, too. I, I've, I love pets. And, and here's a picture of, of me and... Now, the, the uh, Yorkie in front here, that's my grand pup. That's actually my daughter's dog, Winston. And then Sutton is kind of his cousin uh, back there in the back. He's another Yorkie. And then the, the, the white dog is a cockapoo, and his name is Crash. And my kids called him Crash uh, because he used to just run into things all the time. And, he's, and, and he did that as a puppy, but now he's getting a little older, and he's starting to run into things again. That's just kind of learning his name. But I love dogs. And the truth is, is as humans... We can learn some stuff from dogs. We can. We can learn some lessons. For instance, when it comes to those blind spots that aren't our fault, I found this video the other day, and I just felt like it truly, truly fit what we were talking about. So if you guys will roll roll Diesel, that. this way. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's a sin. Diesel. Come here, this way. Anda. Diesel. This way, you dummy. Where did he get that? Oh. <laughs> he fell. He got it right there on the floor. Like, you look at the dog, you go, hey, just drop the box. If you just drop the box, if you just get rid of the box, you can see where you're going. You're not going to run into stuff. And that's the way it is with us. Many times it's just like, hey, just drop that thing, drop that issue, drop that, drop that habit, and you will stop hurting yourself. But then I found this other video. And this video is, is really a dog that's got some blind spots that aren't his fault. In fact, he's literally going blind. And this little guy, he, he uh, uh, comes into a room and he doesn't realize it, but his master is cleaning the house and has moved the couch. Okay, so this is... A video of this guy. <laughs> so, I, I can't, every time I see that, I lose it. I, I saw that, I found that video, I was laying in bed and I was just scrolling through stupid videos and Rebecca was asleep next to me and I was trying my best not to wake her up, but I was shaking the whole bed l- laughing at that. Now look, I love dogs, don't send me any, you know, hate mail because I made fun of a dog that's kind of losing his eyesight there. But there's times we do have blind spots and it's not our fault. It's just something that we picked up, it's something that's happened, but, but we still need to deal with it regardless of the situation. Now, last week we talked about the blind spot of unresolved hurts. And the truth is we all can struggle with that from time to time. Something 
that has hurt us in the past that we just never dealt with. But this week we're going to be talking about discouragement. Discouragement. Now, I think we can all really, really relate to discouragement because probably the last two years have been some of the most discouraging years of most of our lives. The crazy things that have happened, the disappointments that have happened uh, have been really super unfortunate. And we can probably all relate to it when we understand what the definition of discouragement means, which is wishing things were different, but not having the power to change them. So wishing something that was different in your life, but you're just powerless to change it. And it really starts, any type of discouragement really starts with disappointment. That's kind of where it all starts, right? We get disappointed about something and something just doesn't go right. And say, we're let down. But if we're not careful, that disappointment can turn into discouragement. And then if left long enough, if that's not dealt with, then it can turn into despair. And we don't want to go down that road. We don't, nobody wants to feel despair because despair can turn into depression and all kinds of other things. So we want to make sure that we stop it before it turns into that. I probably, one of my most uh, disappointing, discouraging things that I ever had growing up uh, was when I was 16, I was getting ready to take my driver's test. And my parents got me this car and they got it early because they found a deal on it and it was parked in my garage and I couldn't drive it unless I was with them or they didn't know that I was driving it. Um, sorry, mom. Um, so, <laughs> but this car, I could not wait to drive. I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. I mean, you can kind of remember back to when you were 16 and, and how much you look forward to that. And, and I remember I, I was going on my birthday to go get my driver's license. And I had, I'd, I'd done, the, done the written test. I'd done all the driver safety stuff. And then all I had to do was take my uh, actual driver's test. And I, I told all my friends, I said, hey, I'm going to bring my car to school today as soon as I get done with the driver's test. And I'll bring you guys to lunch. And so I was just so, so excited. And so I took the driver's test and I, and I flunked it. And, and I didn't just flunk it, you know, by a few points. The instructor didn't say, uh, you know, just come back. And, and retake it. You only missed it by a point. No, no, no. I read a red light. Yeah, that's what I did. I scared him to death. And his first words out of his mouth were, bring it back to the house, automatic failure. Now, the disappointment of a 16-year-old, it was, it was heavy. And I had to go to school, and everybody's coming up to me and saying, hey, where are we going to lunch? I'm like, oh, we're not going. Well, why not? Uh, I've flunked my driver's test. Well, what did you do? I uh, ran a red light. Are you, are you stupid? That's what I, that was the response I got. Now, that disappointment was turned to discouragement pretty quick. And, of course, I went back as soon as I could. I had, of course, I had to wait the weekend before I could go back on Monday. But I took it on Monday, and I passed it. And thank God, or it could have turned to despair. Now, uh, when we look at Scripture, there's all kinds of people in the Bible that face discouraging things. Disappointment that turned to discouragement and then might have even went on to despair or something worse. But there's somebody in the Bible that we're going to look at this morning, and it's the story of Hannah. Now, with Hannah, maybe you've heard this message before. Maybe you know her story a little bit. But I think that she's somebody that we can really, really relate to. And we pick up her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. Elkanah, start off talking about her husband, had two wives, which is one too many. Hannah... Pen, uh, uh, Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Okay, so once again, we see a Hebrew man practicing polygamy. 
Now, this was, of course, against God's law, but customary during the day. Isn't it interesting how custom things, things that become customary, can kind of override what is ethical or what is moral or what the Bible says. And every time we see in Scripture a man take multiple wives, it causes a multitude of problems. The biggest problem is multiple mother-in-laws. It's the biggest problem. That's interesting because, you know, we live super close to Utah, and that always comes up in jokes. But when you uh, go to Utah, if you're ever there, they actually have a beer company with a beer called Polygamy Porter. Really do. This is for real. And their motto is, beer so good, why not have more than one? (laughs) Not lying. I digress. Back to verse 3. Each year... Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord's heaven, uh, Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Now, these verses tell us a lot about Hannah's living situation. She's sharing her husband with someone who is cruel and doesn't like her. She's also struggling with infertility. And also, she's married to someone that does not stand up for her or understand her plight. And we see this in verse 7. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would never eat. We see Hannah is extremely discouraged because of how her life is going. You know, she dreamt it would be different. She never pictured this for herself, this life. And she is powerless to change it. She can't make herself get pregnant. She can't make the abuse stop. And year after year, it's the same thing over and over again. Now, infertility can be heartbreaking for couples. And some of you first uh, know firsthand how frustrating and discouraging this can be. And maybe even some of you are going through this right now. You're right in the middle of this storm. Statistics say that one in six uh, Couples struggle with infertility. And if you're over the age of 35, the statistic changes to one in three couples. Surveyed women who had gone through divorce and had also gone through infertility said that the emotional trauma that it can cause was equal. Other ladies that had gone through some type of extreme illness had said that the extreme illness and going through it was easier than going through the times of infertility. And the reason for that is because those things are pretty public. Those things are kind of out in the open. And so when you go through those, people are there for you. They pray for you. They, they support you. But when it comes to infertility, that's kind of a private issue. And so a lot of times people don't know. So you don't get the support that you need. Now, during Hannah's day, this pain was even worse because in that culture, the only way that a woman could contribute to society and their family was by bringing children into it. In this culture, when a woman couldn't bear children, they were automatically questioned. People would say, what have you done that God would punish you this way? You obviously need to confess something so you won't be cursed. Those are the kind of things that were said. 
It's some very similar to Pastor Hooper's message on Job. When those things, those calamities were happening in Job's life, the people around him were like, what did you do? I mean, what have you done? Confess your sin, get, you know, move on. It's obviously your fault. And this is what was happening in this day. Now, of course, we don't do that to ladies now. I mean, that, that is not anything that happens. But what happens is those ladies or guys that are going through uh, the infertility crisis together or that season together, they start asking themselves that question. Have I done something? Am I not living right? Is God mad at, mad at me? Discouragement is always trying to convince you that God is against you tries to tell you that this is more than just circumstances, that God doesn't really like you or he's upset with you or that he's punishing you in some way. That's a huge lie. I mean, God is not against you. He is for you. Of course, he wants you to have children. Having children is a part of the abundant life that he promised for us. There's nothing wrong with you. If you're going through some kind of discouragement right now, it's not punishment from God. I mean, you look at all the virtuous, righteous women that struggled with infertility in the Bible. Sarah, mother of Isaac, she couldn't get pregnant. Rebecca, mother of Jacob and Esau, the mother of two men that became the father of the great, great nations. Rachel, mother of Joseph. Elizabeth, who became the mother of John the Baptist. All women loved, that loved the Lord, that were trying to live their life for the Lord, but all struggled with infertility at some point in their life. So Elkanah finally says something, okay? Finally does something. He says, why are you crying, Hannah? Verse eight. Now, we don't know what tone that is. You could say that in all different ways, right? You could say, Hannah, why are you so upset? Or he could say, Hannah, why are you crying? Now, we don't know how he meant it, but it most likely wasn't taken the best way. And Elkanah would ask, why aren't you eating? Why do... Uh, why, why be downhearted? Just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Elkanah is clueless. I mean, come on, Hannah. Look at the bright side. You are married to me. Husband of the year. You know how many women would like to be with this? Don't cry. You get to wake up next to me every other morning. <laughs> Some of you are catching that. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And he's not helping. And she would love for him to help, but the truth is he can't. They're helpless. They, they can't fix it. Verse 9 says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up. And went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at the customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of the heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to you, the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Now, first glance, you might think, man, Hannah's so desperate here. She's negotiating with God. But you never want to do that. Like, you never want to do that. You never want to say, my kid is sick. Give that sickness to me. Or, 
God, if you do this, then I will do this. But that's not what's happening in this situation. She's not negotiating. She's surrendering. Hannah has nothing to negotiate with. She has nothing. Instead, she surrenders and says, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. I mean, she's just saying, Lord, I want, I want, a, I want a child, so I want a baby so bad. And if you give me that baby, he's yours. Verse 12, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Lest you have come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. I mean, he maybe had not seen a woman that was crying out that was so emotional that she was acting or he thought was acting drunk. And she says, oh, no, sir, she replied, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. I was pouring my heart out to him. So what did Hannah do when she was discouraged? Super simple. First, she, she got up. She got up. Secondly, she poured her heart out to the Lord. She got up, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're discouraged. When you're down, when you're out, when you're depressed, when you, when you are so discouraged, the last thing you want to do is get up. Sometimes you want to sulk. Sometimes you just want to stay in bed. Sometimes you want to just isolate yourself from, from, from people that are around you. But in this hate, she stood up. There's times that we're tired, we're down, we're heavy. You don't want to get up, but she gets up. She says to herself, enough. I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to do the only thing I can do. I'm going to do the only thing I can do, which was go and cry out to the only one that could fix her problem. She understands that there's nothing that she can do, but there is nothing he can't do. Verse 16, don't think I'm a wicked woman for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant, grant the request you have asked him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again and she was no longer sad. See, so th think about that story. You hear it. What changed? What changed? How did she go from discouragement to not sad any longer? Her circumstances were the same. She wasn't pregnant. She didn't receive a message from an angel or, or, or hear the voice of God that said things were different. According to verse 9, she got up and she cried out. She got up and she cried out. Verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And when we cry out to the Lord, when we cry out to him, and we, he remembers those tears. And he remembered her plea. And in the due time, she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. Now, if you know the story, Samuel goes on to be one of the most famous judges in history. He's the priest that anoints Saul and David. He becomes this great man of God. So from discouragement, the Lord brings something incredible. 
And Hannah's response is so beautiful. She decides that she's just going to write a love song to God. She recognizes who changed her situation. Because don't you know she tried to fix it herself? She tried to fix her relationship with this other woman in the home. She tried to fix her relationship with her husband. She did everything she could to, to, to do what she could to, to conceive. So when God came through for her, she knew it was him. And she wanted to praise him for it. So she writes this song in 1 Samuel chapter 2. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. In other words, deal with that, Penina. Deal with that. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our rock. So what are you discouraged about this morning? It might be infertility. Let me tell you something. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for that unborn child that you haven't given birth to. Or, you know what? He may have a beautiful baby or child that you're going to adopt. You're going to be a mom. You're going to be a dad. Just trust in him. One way or another, he'll come through for you. But maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your kids. Man, they're making bad choices. It's gotten to a point where it's super discouraging. It's not what you dreamt it would be, right? They're living a life that you didn't want for them. You didn't imagine that. That was not the road you pictured them going down. And you can't do anything about it. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe that's your job. Maybe you're like, God, I... I want to do something different. I feel like I'm in a dead end. I feel so discouraged. I feel like there's a ceiling over my head. I feel like I can't spread my wings. Give me something new. Show me where I should go. Maybe you're discouraged because you don't, or in a relationship, or maybe you're discouraged within your relationship right now. Kind of lost hope. been discouraged for a while. Well, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. So I'd ask this morning that you would get up, stand up with me. As you take this stand, you're saying, it's going to be different. I'm not going to walk the same way that I've been walking. I'm not going to storm cloud of heaviness and depression and discouragement over me. I'm going to get up. Whatever that is, whatever that discouragement is, I want you just to picture it in your mind right now. It may be something as simple as, I wish I could lose weight, or I wish I could change my health. I I just don't feel good when I wake up in the morning, and I, I wish something was different there. You're just discouraged. Whatever it is, I want you to picture that in your mind right now. Close your eyes. And as Hannah did, I want you to just surrender it to the Lord. 
Just give it to him. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. He's the only one that can fix it anyway. So in Jesus' name, we picture this discouragement and we hand it over to you. And Lord, it may be some of the most precious things in our life. It may be our family. It may be our finances. It may be something super, super personal that we've been trying to control forever, but we just are just going to give it to you. It's yours, God. We relent. We give it to you. We surrender it to you. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would take this discouragement and you'd get rid of it. And you'd give us a new mindset about it. You'd give us a new attitude about it. Lord, from a spiritual standpoint, if it's a spiritual demon of discouragement, in Jesus' name, we speak to that demon. We say, leave us now in Jesus' name. Bind up a spirit of heaviness, bind up a spirit of depression, bind up a spirit of despair and cast it away from us, cast it out of us in Jesus' name. Cleanse us from that. And now replace it with a new hope, with new peace. If our mind starts to go down that road, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would change it. Change it to the fruits of the Spirit. To joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. To all that is good. celebrate what God is going to do in us in advance. Whatever it is, you may have been delivered from something this morning, and we just want to celebrate that. We just want to praise Him for that. He's the one that gets all the credit for it. Now, if you usually worship with us down front, come on down front, because you're not going to want to miss this. But if you need a special touch this morning, if you've been discouraged with something, come forward. Come forward and let us just worship the Lord together. And as we come forward and as we worship you, Lord, I pray that you would just wash this discouragement off of us. And that you would trade it out for hope. Trade it out for peace. We're going to worship you now. We're going to give this all over to you now. And we're going to praise you in advance for what you're going to do in our life. We thank you, God. We ask you, please let these things be done in your name. Let's worship together. Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. And He's never let me down. He's faithful. 
that's come down this morning and those that are represented in this room that are struggling with something, some kind of discouragement. I pray for a new hope in Jesus' name. I pray for a new perspective on the situation in Jesus' name. And even now within us, you would give us a new light at the end of the tunnel. In Jesus' name, a new hope for whatever it is we're facing. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. And I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus' name. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text the word heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions that you might have. And also, if you're in need of prayer, we'd love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries here, text the word fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff today. And as always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. And thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.